Marcus. Sean. How's your trade going? Same as always. How's your trade going? It's going pretty good. Uh, how how Bitcoin you have many? Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> I have 20 million. Still trying to get that last million. They say the first, they say the first 20 million is the hardest. 20 million sets. <laughs> yeah, 20 million sets. Exactly. The first million sets are the hardest. You gotta like, pump those numbers, Sean. I know. Especially I, I, for for a guy like you who came in what year again? Me, 2019 was when I started buying. 2019. Was that during the Corona dip when Bitcoin was like sub 5k? No, no. It was before Corona. Unfortunately, I wish I would have started buying during Corona right then because See. I bought it and then it and then it like all of the Bitcoin that I had got cut in half. Well, the Bitcoin didn't get cut in half. The fiat amount of Bitcoin that I had got cut in half and I was like, oh, but that was that was a good lesson to learn. I actually felt good because everyone was talking about surviving 2018 and I was paying attention from 2017 and on. I just didn't really understand Bitcoin yet. And then in 2019, I finally got orange pilled and I was like, oh, well, I was like almost orange pilled. I wasn't all the way orange pilled yet, but I was orange pilled enough to be like, I got an idea of what this is. I did buy some altcoins and then I quickly got rid of them because I was like, oh, this is stupid. So, you know, this is, it's, it's the journey. The journey that you learn along the way. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what this 20 million reference is to them. Oh, I was saying I had 20 million Bitcoin and uh, just trying to get that, oh. last, that last million. Right, so I, but Satoshi's holding that last million, right? Yeah, so, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to get them. I'm gonna, I'm doing my yeah. my best to get that last million from Satoshi. You got to call Greg Wright and make him move those uh, coins. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna toss Craig Wright a signing device real quick. Didn't he, didn't he show up this week on like uh, on another television show? Even though he said he'd never do like another television show again. Yeah, I think it was some Australian uh, news report. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, he had that. He had the the court case in the UK with Peter McCormack like two weeks ago, where yeah. where he where Craig Wright won. He won he one the... pound. <laughs> yeah. And what and what they say, I don't know. I don't know the UK law that well, but what, from what I understand, is that the the judge realized that Craig Wright was was lying. Was, he had a lot of lies, basically, and he didn't really have much of a case. But he, but he knew that if he wouldn't award Craig Wright with the win, then Craig Wright could appeal and then just drag it out longer and longer against Peter McCormick and go up with another judge. And then, ah, so that was the strategy. So the judge just said, "Okay, you win, and you're owed one pound." So now he can't. So now Craig Wright, because he won, he can't appeal. The court case. <laughs> so, oh wow! But he technically lost because mm. he got one pound out of all of it. Yeah. So. So basically, not, the judge screwed him. Good. That's what he deserves. And we're hoping for uh, you know Hadlo. Not I think he's having a case coming up in the next few months as well. 
So, yeah, that's, uh, that's for sure. We're all. I think he all... has uh, multiple cases, right? Both like he's. I think Craig Wright was trying to get him uh, into the courts in the UK. Oh yeah, instead of in the Nordics. Yeah. It's uh, one big uh, disaster what that guy's doing. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, we're all pulling for Hadlo not. We all know Craig Wright's a fraud, so. Yeah. You know. So, uh, well, everybody, welcome to Bitcoiner's Guide. This is where me and Plan Marcus chop it up a little bit. We talk about Bitcoin stuff. You know, it's the show we wish we would have had when we first started learning about Bitcoin. So we made it for you. Talking about Bitcoin. No altcoins, Bitcoin only in here uh, to time stamp and price stamp. Today is currently Monday, August 8th, 7.24 p.m. in Mountain Standard Time. And the price of Bitcoin is $23,000 and some change. So uh, Bitcoin doing its thing. It's uh, up about 2.5% in the last 24 hours. <laughs> in the next 48 hours... By the way, I have a birthday, so it's coming up. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's yeah. my. Oh, okay. I just celebrated a birthday today as well, so not my birthday though. Oh, mine was, <laughs> was mine like... was last week, so I guess we're both lions. Yeah, Leo, Leo gang. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. RD is a is a lion as well. Yeah. So, so if you're looking to become a memer, make sure you're born in July or August. Guaranteed win. Yeah, a lot of the meme factory podcast, a lot of the <laughs> meme factory has similar. Oh, the better ones, the better ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah the best ones. <laughs> best ones are Leo's. I don't know if you. Uh, so you got a birthday coming up. What are you gonna What are you gonna do? Are you gonna celebrate? Are you gonna spend some sets, or are you gonna stack some sets? I am getting ready for the having in 2024 so i'm all focused on that right now getting everything ready i head down to el salvador in a couple of weeks and uh just gonna enjoy my time until i go down and then i got the next basketball season coming up talking to a few different teams across the world so just gonna take it easy That's yeah exciting stuff yeah um so what was your what was your biggest uh, news uh, this week if you look at like um, Bitcoin, I mean, it's a Bitcoin well, show, right? So let's keep it Bitcoin. Yeah, right. Uh, the biggest things that I would say, well, first of all, Plan B's, we got we got Bitcoin Tina. I don't know. Someone pulled up some receipts on Twitter. Bitcoin Tina was saying back in 2020 that uh, Plan B was going to be was going to go down as one of the smartest mathematicians in Bitcoin history one of the best quants, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I think Pirate Beach Bum pulled that receipt, called him out. And then Bitcoin Tina said he was wrong. Um, then he held a space, spaces on Twitter. And uh, he just, so here, here's the thing, right? He holds the spaces and, and what he says is, he, he didn't really say, as far as I understood, I hopped in a little later. He didn't really say if he. If I, was, I was in there. So what I what I understood, yes. and he, I think he even called the spaces that he basically says that the halvings doesn't matter anymore if you believe that stock to flow is wrong. 
yes. But he he it was he was doing a logic he was doing a logic play. He wasn't yeah, saying the logic didn't make sense. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. That's what he was saying. He wasn't saying the havings don't matter and stock to flow is dead. He's saying if you say that stock to flow is dead, then you also have to say that the havings aren't priced in. That and they don't matter. Yeah. And you yeah, and you can't say the havings aren't priced. You can't say the havings not priced in and say that the stock to flow is dead. So, but he's not talking about. At this point, he's not talking about plan B's stock to flow. He's just talking about stock to flow in general. Like the idea of stock to flow, you have a certain amount of supply. Like so stock to flow for anyone who's wondering, okay, well, what is stock to flow, right? Stock to flow is you have- Yeah, because- Okay, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 I, uh, sorry I cut you off. I, I completely agree with you. You're gonna give the definition because first we have to get the definitions right, right? Yes. Because yes. when people say stock to flow, they think of plan B, but plan B didn't come up with stock to flow because stock Correct. to flow is a measure that was already used for gold and silver and, and, and other commodities. And uh, basically you have a stock, whatever, how much volume of gold, for instance, is above ground already and then that is the stock, whatever volume that is. And then they look at the volume of gold that is uh, dug up from, from the ground, basically, yep. in, the, in the period of a year, right? So whatever volume, let's say there are, um, just as an ex a simple example, because I don't know the exact gold numbers. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe the stock to flow of gold is somewhere around like uh, 50 or is it 26? I'm not sure. Uh, now mix, mixing up silver and gold. Um. Well, let's let's take a look at because I uh, I can't remember that either stock to flow. All I do know uh, is that so let's say the stock to flow is fifty, right? That means yeah. that the stock over the flow is fifty. So there's fifty times as much gold above ground than there is mined on a yearly basis. That's basically what that number is saying. So the higher the number, sixty-two, sixty-two, sixty-two. All right. 62 is the stock to flow of gold. And what, do, you, do you also have the stock to flow of silver? I think that would be almost half of that. Like, so that should be around a 30 mark, 25 to 30 mark then. Stock to flow of silver has a ratio of 22. 22, yeah. Okay, so, so it's about even less higher, than half now. The higher the number, the more scarce the commodity. So, it's, right. so stock to flow is a measure of scarcity. Or, yeah. of or of inflate or of inflation rate. It's an inverse. Yeah. It's an inverse of the inflation rate, basically. Now you're just complicating things. <laughs> What's an inverse? Well, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> you have to use the word. It's the only word that fits right there. It's the inverse yeah. measurement of the inflation rate. All right, so that is stock to flow. So it's just a measure, right? Uh, so yes. stock to flow, you cannot debate if stock to flow is right or wrong. It's just a measure. You know, it's like the same thing as, um, I don't know, like what's your age or, uh, you know, if you measure distance in feet or in or yes. kilometers or whatever, you can't argue with a measurement. You know, it's just a measurement. Yeah. However, what, what plan D, B did with his stock to flow model Right, is that he said, I'm going to combine, I'm going to look at the stock to flow of gold, yes. which is 60, you just mentioned, or 62. Yes. And I'm also going to look at the total market cap of gold. 
which is 12 trillion US dollars, if I'm not mistaken, or around that number. Around there, yes. 10 to 12 trillion, it depends, I guess, um, <laughs> who calculates it for you. Yeah, and what the price of gold is on any given day. Yeah, so he plots the, one of the two on the X, you know, you, you have like, a, what do you call that? Like an X and a Y, uh, like a and, graph. Yeah, the XY <laughs> axis, on the XY axis, yeah. Yeah, so on the one axis, he plots the, the total market cap. I think that he put that on the Y axis, and then he puts this, the stock to flow on the X axis, right? And then he would look at silver, and he'd plot that. So silver has roughly half or a third of gold's uh, stock to flow. But the market cap of silver is also roughly half of gold, if I'm not mistaken, or probably also roughly a third of gold. So he plots that in that same YX uh, graph as well. And then he puts some other uh, commodities in there because most commodities actually have a stock to flow ratio that is higher, that is lower than one or is around one. Silver is so only very. Yeah. Silver's market cap, just to clear it up if anyone was wondering it's so i'm guessing four trillion no it's actually a lot less it's 1.15 trillion right now is what it's looking like so maybe okay. maybe one maybe actually this might be older so it's probably one to two trillion silver's yeah. silver's gold or silver's market cap so about yeah. about 10 10 times less than golds yeah and then the funny thing about bitcoin stock to flow is that Bitcoin is the only commodity on earth of which the stock to flow ratio jumps every four years. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, and also the only commodity of which the stock to flow ratio is completely predictable. Yes. Because the Bitcoin issuance uh, supply due to the difficulty adjustment, we all know pretty much pretty accurately, you know, what, how many, what the inflation will be at any point in time and how many coins there will be roughly at any point in time. So uh, yeah. we're complicating things a lot, well, especially since we're not screen sharing. But anyway, so you can plot Bitcoins, you know, like stock to flow ratios, past stock to flow ratios, because Bitcoin stock to flow is like doubling every four years because mm -hmm. the supply gets cut in half. Um, and basically the stock is growing a little bit, but not that much anymore. But the flow is basically halving every every four years. So the stock to flow ratio basically doubles roughly every four years. And we can, since we already had two or three halvings in the past, you can now look for those periods. What was the average um, market cap of Bitcoin during those phases? And when he plotted those, so then you had those three Bitcoin points in the graph and silver and gold. And plan B said, look, this looks like a linear line. They all seem to be on this, this linear line. So now I can project that outwards, you know, to the next stock to, to the next stock to flow ratio of Bitcoin. And then I can predict that, you know, um, Bitcoin is gonna be roughly the same stock to flow ratio as gold. So Bitcoin should go to roughly the market cap of gold, which is around 10 trillion. And that's how he came to, you know, Bitcoin's price model. Yeah. So exactly. So then, and for, for everyone listening in, Bitcoin stock to flow actually gets higher than gold's 
stock to flow or it gets harder than gold in the next halving in 2024. So that's kind of what plan B's, he would take like a four year period, the four year epic, and he would say the average price should be this. And then in the next four year epic, it should be about the average price throughout those four years should be yeah. about the price of gold's market cap. But the thing exactly. is, so, so with, with going back to flow, Tina, right? Well, well, just going back to Bitcoiners in general, he was the first Bitcoiner to really like in, in, he's the first Bitcoiner to make a predict price prediction based off of stock to flow safety and wrote about stock to flow in the Bitcoin standard, but he didn't really give a price prediction and didn't, and didn't put it in, in a graph and make it all pretty like plan B did. So yeah. the, um, the, the problem, the problem with plan B though, is that, and you, you kind of see it playing out now is that we know that the stock to flow is going to double um, yes. each, each epoch, right? As you, as you call it every four years, which yeah. we call like a cycle or epoch or whatever. Yeah. So that is just, <laughs> that's just a hundred percent predictable. We know what the stock to flow is going to be. That's not, nobody's debating that the stock to flow is going to go up forever. Yeah. I mean, we're going to we're going to see Bitcoin with a higher stock to flow than any commodity we've ever seen on Earth. Right. Right now, it's yes. still lower than gold, but it's going to surpass gold. So it's going to be very interesting to see what that what that actually does. But nobody really knows. But to say that when Bitcoin has the same stock to flow as gold, even though gold has been around for a very, very long time. So it's been monetized for a very, very long time. So. Uh, to say it will just reach gold market cap in the minute it, you know, the stock to flow turns in or like yeah. uh, 12 months or 18 months after, you know, that's, you know, that's always been something that you're be like, okay, is that going to happen? Is that really going to happen? But to say you can, yeah, um, add the price to it. I mean, I honestly think that the halvings will always matter because, you know, it becomes more scarce. The supply gets cut in half. Obviously, you got to take into account the demand side of, of, of Bitcoin as well, which stock to flow doesn't take into account. Yes. And you can, and, and what even, and plan, even what plan B did is that he, he made his stock to flow model and then a year later he tweaked it you know, he yes. came with his stock to flow X, oh, FX. and all of a sudden it was like more bullish and the prices, you know, each jump, every step function, each epoch, the prices were even higher than the previous model. So even plan B, all he really says like, okay, stock to flow. So the halvings matter. And that means Bitcoin is going to jump to a new price level. But to what price level exactly, even he couldn't pinpoint and was playing around with. So to say that his stock to flow model um, can break, but that the halvings then automatically don't matter anymore either is just BS in my opinion, because I can draw... I can draw like a hundred, a hundred thousand different stock to flow models yes. with diff with the same step price points, but yes. going to different price points, right? So yes. then, yeah, I think that was the more the the more nuanced version or the logic that um, that Tina was missing there, in my opinion. No, I don't think I don't think Tina was missing anything. Tina wasn't he wasn't making he wasn't saying that the halvings didn't matter. Or that stock to flow, you totally throw it out because you throw plan B's model out. 
he, all he was saying was, which I think where he, where I think he was getting it wrong was he was make he thought people were making fun of him because they were saying stock to flow isn't a thing anymore. But what they're really saying was plan B stock to flow model broke. And yeah. so, but he took it as stock because we use those interchangeably. When we say stock to flow is, is the model of broke, we're not, like the only stock to flow model we've used is plan B's model. We're not using anyone else's model. So right. we're, we're really saying plan B's stock to flow model broke, not Correct. stock to flow broke. Correct. And so, but that's how Tina took it was that people were saying stock to flow in general broke. So his his yeah. argument was purely a logical play was, well, if stock to flow in general does not, if that broke, then the havings are always priced in. The havings don't matter anymore. And, yeah, and if you list, and like Corey Clipston, for instance, you know, I, I think he will argue that halvings do matter. And I think everybody believes that halvings matter. I mean, Satoshi <laughs> obviously yeah. believes halvings matter. You know, he programmed them in. But, but to be he, able to I, try to predict price, you cannot leave out the demand side of things. You know, so it's just yes. one of many variables impacting price and not definitely not the only one. And I think even Corey Clipston, and I don't want to put words into his mouth, but I've never heard him say stock to flow isn't a thing. He, he's always attacked the model, like the, yeah, mathematical, trying, exactly. the mathematical integrity. Trying of to predict the price off, yes. of, off of just stock to flow, even yes. just in general, trying to predict the price is like pretty much insane, right? Nobody's yeah. ever... <laughs> been successful at that and and, any, and to Corey's meaningful and to, way to Corey's credit the reason why you want to attack something that's a lie is because as we as we get orange pilled ourselves and as we orange pill other people and we show them plan b stock to flow model and we show and then people get orange pilled off of it and we tell everyone this is what bitcoin's price is going to bitcoin is the truth but the stock to flow model of plan B is not is not the truth. So if you get orange pilled into the truth, but from a lie, when that lie gets shown, then then you're then you may not right. believe the truth, which is Bitcoin. Yeah. So that's the dangerous part of of pushing plan B stock to flow model. I, 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 I have to I have to throw him a I have to throw him a bone at the same time as well because I'm not gonna lie when he came out in 2019 with that bottom. model yes and and the way he brought it uh, I was hooked as well and what I really and I still in a way support Plan B's thinking not that he can try and predict where those steps are going to be but still in my mind you know the having and i don't know how that's going to play out in the future because i also hear people saying that you know like in early days the halvings mattered a lot oh yeah because most most sell pressure would come from the miners but as like most supplies already in circulation we already have more than 19 million coins you know like in in circulation yeah. Then the, the the biggest selling isn't coming from the miners anymore. It's just from people who are already holding the coins, you know, and prices go up, they start, you know, uh, selling for different reasons. 
So, uh, you know, the, you can you could argue that the impact or the importance of the halvings may may go down, but that has yet to be to be played out. Right. We just yeah. we just would, don't know. Yeah, I just yeah, I think the halvings will still be important for a long time and maybe forever, because as the further Bitcoin goes along, the more people are just holding on to their Bitcoin and they're hodling it. And so prices created at the margins and that's like the supply is what's getting cut in half. So when that's yeah. it's just a supply shock every four years, because the what like the supply that's out there, it's being, it's being hodled most of the time. Right. I well, guess you have your traders and maybe you have people who, but the, as Bitcoin gets further and further along, there's more and more people that aren't going back into fiat that they're just using Bitcoin they're transacting in Bitcoin. They're living in, in like a circular Bitcoin economy. So it would make sense that the halvings are still going to have a huge effect because it's the supply shock. And every four years, every four year cycle, there's more and more people that get orange pilled. And those that are holding, like if you go through the bear market right now, who's holding Bitcoin? It's not people that are really speculating as much right now as it is just hodlers. So when that so when the supply shock comes, it'll mainly be hod, like Bitcoin hodlers that are holding on to Bitcoin. So it won't yeah. be an available supply. It'll just be whatever's getting mined is the available supply, and that gets cut in half. Yeah, that's true. At at the same time, there was this other revelation that I uh, that Tina did on uh, on Twitter just this week, because he also mentioned. And to me personally, that was a little bit disappointing if I'm if I'm completely honest. But okay, to each their own, you know. And I can't judge. 60s. I can't judge people's situations. Yeah, yeah, and I heard somebody say that too. You know, like uh, yeah, but he's retired. But I don't know if that's changed over the past year, right? I mean, has he just recently retired, or has he always been retired? Anyway, I don't. I the don't point know. being, you know, he he mentioned that you know he he did not sell at 60k because he believed in stock to flow of plan B and that we were going to see like, uh, I don't know, like 288 or whatever the number was, right? Yes. We were going to go <laughs> stock to flow. X was pointing to 280 something uh, thousand. I mean, early, um, early 2021 was pointing to that. Yeah. So he said he was all in, you know, he didn't, he didn't sell at 60 K. However, right now he's saying, um, so he was saying he was hundred percent, long or 100% all in but he said but not anymore because yeah. I'm too old to deal with that volatility so <laughs> that's even worse in my opinion so he wrote it down and then sold right <laughs> like that doesn't make sense to me <laughs> and especially and then then people are commenting on him like I hope you recognize a hopium dealer next time yeah but in all honesty and look I'm gonna put the I'm, I'm a myself i'm a hopium dealer too on twitter right i love to bring the bullish takes and yes my memes are often like hopium uh, hopium memes as well and I, I don't care if you don't like it then uh, you know whatever people seem to like it um but he's he's been a hopium dealer as well i mean i remember one of his best recordings was with uh with, with this four-part thing he did with ck and that was like a massive hopium dealer as well you know so yeah. It's always a little disappointing to see somebody, and especially somebody with a name like there is no 
alternative, you know. <laughs> who's then you know at the bottom of the bear market saying oh i'm no longer all in you know that seems to be like yeah, i the guess the newbish thing to do right like okay you you you, you got scared you got weak hands yeah. and you got chicken out I, and again tina i love the guy you know i'm not here to bash him but it's it's <laughs> typical bitcoin bear market stuff you know and to they come back to your original point, uh, Sean, it's like, who's selling right now? Even OGs are selling right now, right? Because I don't know when Tina started buying, but imagine you're, you're the, you know, you, you buy Bitcoin for a couple of thousand, you know, you go all in, maybe, you know, depending on whatever you have to, to, to whatever your all in number is. If you're from a rich family or you're, you're very old and you've already did very well for yourself, then you could buy more Bitcoin and a younger person who's just starting their career, but whatever your number is, you go all in. And then two cycles later, all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> your Bitcoin is worth a lot of money. And you see yeah, these big numbers fluctuate on your, on your screen. Yeah. That's, that's tough to deal with, you know, and people underestimate that. And then you're like, this is crazy. You know, I, I'm just going to have to park some and secure some because what if, so you, and this is kind of needed for Bitcoin as well, because a lot of people think that like 2011 OGs or 2013 OGs, they're like decamillionaires by now and all that kind of stuff. But what happens is a lot of people, when they hit like these big numbers, they get scared. Yeah. And, they and, they, and they secure some and they, and they sell some. And that is exactly like this whole how Bitcoin slowly disperses to, yes. to millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions of people. And that's how, you know, the prices drop and people get to reaccumulate during these kind of phases because people, OGs like Tina sold and now you get to buy his sets for cheap. You know? yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's like, that's part of it is, is there's always, there are always some people selling and we don't know every single person's situation. So you know, there's always emergencies that happen or people have certain other things that come up in their lives. Um, the idea is, you know, basically one Bitcoin will be able to retire a family. So get as much as you can, as soon as you can, before plan B stock to flow breaks to the upside. Like <laughs> that's the idea. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't want to be frantic about it and start getting up, getting leveraged, uh, you know, start, start lending it out for yield. And those are the mistakes that a lot of people made, you, you know, in this, in this past cycle. And so nobody's perfect. What you try to do is try to learn from the mistakes that have happened in the past and set yourself up to not fall in those traps, to not fall in those mistakes. And then try to warn other people about those certain risks, right? Yeah. So that's, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is if, if you can get your mind wrapped around about it in a good way and in a healthy way, because I think a lot of people look at it, you know, you don't want to look at Bitcoin as this get rich quick scheme either. It's, it, you have to lower your time preference and you have to be like, okay, if I work my job, and I'm saving in Bitcoin for the next 10 years. Well, by 2032, you can guarantee you can have a very good probability that you're gonna be a lot wealthier 
than most of the people who didn't stick to that plan, which is literally save your money in Bitcoin and and then just keep going about your life normally. Like that's what people 10 years ago did. And in 10 years from now that people will be saying, man, if I would have started saving my money in Bitcoin back in 2022, I would be I would be so far ahead right now. And so that's the strategy uh, is is to just do that. One other thing I was going to say about stock to flow was a thing that I had thought about, I used to always think about was, well, if there's, if it's all about scarcity, right, and the inflation rate, then how come there can't, I think you and I've had this conversation before, like a year or so ago, even before we started doing Bitcoiners Guide, it would be like, well, how come some random altcoin can't have a higher stock to flow than Bitcoin, and then it'll just be, it'll have a higher price than Bitcoin, just because of its stock to flow is going to be higher. What are your thoughts? Right. On that? I think I think there there was a coin like that already. I think, um, I'm not mistaken, there was a shit coin called YFI. I think it's still around actually. And they just made, they programmed their, their shitcoin to just have an even smaller uh, amount of coins, so less than 21 million. Yeah. And I'm not sure what their issuance schedule is or whatever, but it actually went up in price like uh, over in, in the tens of thousands of dollars higher than Bitcoin's price at a certain point. So um, its market cap wasn't higher than Bitcoin, was it? No, definitely not. I was gonna say that's never happened. No, but you could you could argue right that I could make uh, or that like a painting has the highest stock to flow, like a Rembrandt or you yes. know one of the old masters has a higher stock to flow than Bitcoin. But then those don't really act as, I mean, those act as a store of wealth, but they don't act at they don't have the whole the monetary properties that Bitcoin have as well. Right, and that's what we said just now. It's like stock to flow is important. Scarcity is very important, but it's not the only it's variable a at play. I mean, piece of the puzzle. there is such a thing as demand, you know, how many people want to buy it, but also other aspects of like network effects. Yes. Um, <laughs> I hate the word, but use cases, you know, a trust. Yeah um what people call lindy effect you know like the longer something has been around the more trust it has and, yeah. um that kind of stuff yeah it's it, it's something fascinating i think it's something it's, that uh, most people new to space and yeah, i spend a lot of time thinking about it right like okay what's going to determine whether and and then you always grab to like you try to look for things that you know that are similar that you can compare it to. So that's why a lot of people will try to compare it to things like uh, MySpace and Facebook, right? And why hasn't there been some new competitor to Facebook since since MySpace? And well, that's mostly related to network effects and stuff. And yeah, it's, um, so, yeah, I I totally agree. I think that that stock to flow is just a piece of the puzzle, right? It's not like scarcity is one property of money, but there's plenty of other properties or characteristics of sound money and scarcity right. is not the only thing. So I think that's what people have to realize too, is just because there's a stock to flow that's extremely high and is going to infinity 
does not mean that like you that doesn't mean you can just create any old altcoin and or any one one of one painting and now all of a sudden it's going to have more value than all the gold in the world so i think that's you know there has to be a reason why people are buying it or what's the reason behind it you know so um those another interesting thing too Corey's Corey's been kind of his star has been rising <laughs> his star has been rising in the way that that Nick Carter wishes his star was rising and he was on a podcast I can't remember which podcast it was he was talking about Bitcoin maximalism and uh Ooh, Corey actually, or Nick Corey was it was on it was on Breed Love's Breed Love show actually which is interesting that he's talking that Breed Love had a show with Corey about Bitcoin maximalism and uh, an interesting thing that Corey brought up was uh, we want Bitcoin to monetize super fast at, like the iPhone like that type of network effect in just a few years but then we say that it's not the iPhone it's like the industrial revolution or it's like flight or the invention of electricity or the invention of the internet started like in the seventies, you know, which those things took decades to play out and sometimes generations to play out. And so he's like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And it was just basically yeah. saying, are we prepared for Bitcoin to monetize a lot slower than what we may think it should monetize? And maybe it monetizes and it gets to, two million dollars but it gets there in 50 years or something like that and then an another 50 years then it's at like 100 million so and then, you know and then the world's living on a bitcoin standard but we're all dead by that time so it's something interesting to think about i don't know if i necessarily agree with that because i think that the network effect is just a crazy strong with bitcoin um, it's just impossible to predict that's what it comes yeah. down to i mean imagine um, knowing what we know now and we're back in like the early 90s or mid 90s and you know like you know having a personal computer at home becomes like a little bit more mainstream you know we're like one out of ten people now has a personal computer uh, a lot of people are still like why would you need such a thing and that's only for geeks and for nerds and the nerds and the geeks are saying no man this is gonna like revolutionize the it's going to be like the information super highway, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, the way we're talking about Bitcoin hyper, hyper Bitcoinization. I think that's a term that's just going to disappear and people are just going to laugh at it. Just like the internet super highway, right? It's like, um, it's what is the internet super highway? It's like <laughs> everything and it's nothing at the same time. Right. And they're in the early 90s, you could have not because the machines were so big and clunky and the modems that you had to connect were so slow and you only had like messaging boards and, you know, there was not even like any ad models on websites. Yes, websites were just slow. It was just like, so you couldn't imagine that in 20 or 30 years later, what the world looks like and that it looks like what it looks like today, you know, and like all the applications. So trying to imagine what Bitcoin and and dare i say crypto will do for the for the future of the world you know it's um it's pretty hard to to to, to predict pretty much impossible i think um, yeah. yeah yeah it's hard it's hard to tell and 
And I think a lot of it will be just based off of, off of how bad does it get with fiat? How quickly does fiat go south? How bad does the dollar get? How bad does yeah. inflation get? Those types of things it. are gonna are gonna push people to an alternative, but it might not be Bitcoin right away. Some people like that might be to a CBDC first, and then it might be to some altcoin. So that's the thing is is just because Bitcoin is the solution to fiat doesn't necessarily mean that the world will understand that it is the solution when fiat breaks. And that is what's, that's like, to me, that's what keeps me motivated to keep pushing hard with Bitcoin only and to, and to push hard because we know that one day fiat's going to fail and it, and it's, and it's basically already broken. It just hasn't, it just hasn't stopped yet. And so I think that's one of the things is will enough people and will the right people recognize that it's Bitcoin only, that Bitcoin is the solution? Will they realize why fiat broke down and will they make another fiat instrument to replace it that people will get on board with? Or will they go to the only sound hard money that we've ever had that's verifiably scarce? Like that is the question that's to be determined still. Yeah, to me, it's really like Bitcoin is so unique in the sense that it's truly not controlled <laughs> or co-opted by any by yeah. any party, and it won't be. You know, at least that's you know I don't see how it can be, and <laughs> it's been tried before. You know, we just had uh, uh, Bitcoin Independence Day last week. Um, so it's it, it's been through that test and that's to me is what really makes bitcoin unique and you see a lot of people are like uh, but it's not bitcoin only because, because look how well ethereum is doing and there's even other projects that some people might point to and say that's very promising as well and maybe they have a place and maybe a cbdc will have a place in this world in the future However, owning Bitcoin, you know that will never be corrupted. Owning a CBDC, you kind of, it's kind of guaranteed that you're going to get yes. corrupted, just like with your dollar, right? They're just printing it in front of your face. You know, they're just like expanding the supply, diluting you, uh, cutting your purchasing power of the dollar, you know, making you make weird investments. You cannot just save money and think you're going to save your purchasing power over time. That, Unfortunately, a lot of people still think that that's actually what they're doing, and they have no idea that just through inflation, your purchasing power is being destroyed. But okay, so that's the CBDC, right? And with Ethereum, you might be like, oh, but it's working great, you know, and I don't care that it's uh, running on Amazon and Fiora because Amazon is a great party and they, they barely go down, you know, and, yeah. and maybe they don't, have, but you know, when they, when, when the rubber hits the road or when push comes to shove or when something really, when you know what it heat really heats up, when it really comes down to it, you know, the United States government can just shut it down. 
pure and simple. That's what it comes down to. And you could you could argue, yeah, but the odds well, are so small and the stuff. The merge right? could break could break Ethereum. Even, yeah, I'm not even touching the merge yet. There's so many like risk factors <laughs> on Ethereum, right? But when it goes when it goes, the point is is like There's some people are are happy to to have this trust. People take email addresses with Hotmail and Yahoo and Gmail, right? And they're like, yeah, I know my email is being read and going to there yeah i don't need some super secure email okay that's fine you know but like with your money and your purchasing power i just want to have bitcoin where i know nobody's going to take that away from me ever you know like it's not going to get corrupted and to me that's what makes bitcoin truly unique and if you want to walk around with, uh, with shit coins and and yeah, if you get excited about all these exciting projects, which in my opinion are not even there because it's mostly just marketing. And look at this past bear market, how many rug pulls, all these exciting protocols, they turn out, you know, they call themselves decentralized. And then it just turns out there's these rollbacks and addresses are frozen and funds are like, they're, they're like just freezing withdrawals and all kind of weird stuff going on. It's just like, it, it's like, trying to shoot fish in a barrel or what is that? I think that's the wrong uh, <laughs> problem there, but yeah, there's a lot going on, but it's yeah. just not comparable to Bitcoin. So what, do you, what do you say to people who say, look, I'd rather my money in a bank because I just don't trust myself with my money. What do I say to them? Yes. I don't know. Um, you, you. So this this comes down to the fact that people have to take their own. They have to take back their own responsibility, right? Yeah. I mean, if you don't trust yourself, but you do trust somebody else, I mean, why don't you trust yourself? You know, and why do you trust somebody else? That yes. would be my question. I tried to pose back and see what they say, but I agree. Yeah. I think. I think we've, we've. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are there's a lot of people who want to, who don't want to take self accountability. They don't want to be responsible for their failures. So they push everything to a bank, to their government, to whoever it may be. And that way they're never really the man in the arena. They're, there's, they're never actually doing anything. They're just, they're just bystanders in their own life. And so I think it's, I think it's something it's to me, it's almost like slavery, trusting a bank to hold your money is somewhat like slavery where you, you get so caught up in it that it's just become normal, right? Hundreds of years of custodying your money in a bank and not realizing that you're giving up your own freedom to do that. And now it's just become normal to do that. And so now people go, they just live, oh, I would rather the bank have it because I just don't trust myself. But you should trust yourself with your money. It's yours, it's your wealth. You should be, you should, that we need to have this paradigm shift too in the thinking about why would I not trust my own self with my money and why would I trust somebody else like what you were saying? And I think that needs to come back online or come back into the brains of people of, Look, it's my money. I'm the I gotta be accountable for my successes and for my failures. But I think a lot of people want to push their successes or their failures onto their circumstances in life 
onto their government, onto somebody else, and they don't want to use it themselves and say, look, I messed up. I made the mistake. And, and I think that's, that's just, that's just a way of thinking nowadays that we should probably change. Yeah. And I think it's, um, I think you're completely kidding yourself when you say that you can trust somebody else. Because basically, and maybe, maybe I'm not cynical or something because I was always the person that I I wouldn't even like to take my car to a garage because I always felt like they were going to scam me. Right. Because I know they have like this information asymmetry, right. They're, they're specialists in cars. I don't know anything about engines. So they could just make up anything and be like, oh, this was broken. And now we need to charge you $600 if they want to, right? They can just abuse yes. that. And, and there's nothing, you know, anything, I, any question I say, they'll just be like, no, there's technical. Blah, 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 blah. And, <laughs> and I'll be like, like, okay, okay well, I guess I'll yeah. my car here, I guess. So it, you're being put in this position where you just have to trust them, right? That they're, that they're not scamming you. And I hate that feeling. Yes. Um, and time and time again in history, in each and every sector, not just in like the automobile business or garages, basically everywhere, yep. people get scammed all the time because people are greedy. It's just human nature. If they see an easy way by cheating to make a quick buck, there's always some percentage of people that will do it. So if you trust people, you always have the odds you're about to get scammed so that's that's what happens when you trust people and don't say yeah but not the banks yes especially the banks because do some research and you'll find the most horrendous horrendous scams with banks and not to mention central banking because that's the biggest scam in in our lifetimes i've come to learn but let's not let's not go there but um yeah so if you're trusting somebody else not to scam you you're you're completely kidding yourself and you will get scammed in in the end you will get cheated yeah. um, I, I i wanted to go back to um to tina and plan b for one more second uh, yeah. sean because first of all i want to give tina some props right because um he's a boomer he's always in clubhouse space clubhouse and on spaces and he's always just you know talking his mind and giving his his views which is which is great yeah. and um he also, you know, like he, the, the fact that he even admits, you know, like he's no longer a hundred percent all in, you know, like I got to like, commend him for that as well, because I rather that than him maintaining that he is all in while he's not and just dealing hopium and, and posing on, on Twitter and in spaces. Right. So he's, yeah. he's being real. He's being honest about it. And I can uh, appreciate that. And yeah, just like, uh, you know, for people watching and for me, when I came in, like in, in 2017 and when Tina recorded that, I thought it was in 2017, but apparently it was like late 2018, early 2019. I was like, okay, these guys, these guys have been around for a while, you know, they've studied it, you know, and you put them like at a higher level and you think like, okay, what they're saying makes a lot of sense. But remember, like everybody is just analyzing this and readjusting their analysis all the time. As Bitcoin does its thing, we're all changing our views and adapting to the new reality. And we're all nobody human. really knows, right? Bitcoin um, is so new. It's still an experiment in many ways. So nobody really knows. So it, when listening to us, when listening to Plan B, when listening to Tina, always, you know, like just 
realize they're probably wrong and I'm probably wrong and you're probably wrong, Sean, right? So we've all been just, we've all been wrong. If you are gonna yeah. make, if you're gonna make like statements and you're gonna say I think this is gonna happen or that we every single Bitcoin or on Bitcoin Twitter or in the world has been wrong at one point or another. That doesn't mean that we're all wrong about Bitcoin's long-term trajectory. But we've and all, we're all emotional all, as well. Yes, and we, we we all have weaknesses. We're all we have fear and greed, <laughs> and we're all human. Yes, so yeah. we've all made mistakes along the way. But just because you make a mistake doesn't mean that your whole life is a failure or that you failed. It just it's like okay, learn from that. Like just learn from that mistake, and try to upgrade your knowledge from where you were. And if you learn from that, then you'll be fine. And there's still plenty. I mean, look at Bitcoin's price. It's 23,000. There's so much time to accumulate Bitcoin still. Like you could accumulate one Bitcoin with, with an average job right now, you know? And so. All right. You know, That's depending, uh, not if you're not, living in South Africa. Depending on what country you live in, depending on what country you live in. But, you know, if, if you're listening to this, more than and also also for people in the states or in Europe, you know, if you're like a young twenty year old, it's it's not very easy to accumulate twenty thousand or twenty five thousand dollars. I mean, depending on how long it stays at this price for, you never know, right? So that's that's yeah. true. It's hard that's to accumulate true. it in a week, but what happens if it stays around this price till twenty twenty four to the halving? Like, yeah, but you got to realize there are, there are a lot of people that are that are making I don't know maybe a couple thousand dollars a month, but you know they have bills to pay, they have rent, they've they've got college yeah, to not, pay, they've got they got to eat, yes. and they maybe they may they can maybe save like a few hundred dollars, uh, put aside a few hundred dollars at, at most per month, then it's really hard to stack towards 20 to 25 thousand dollars no i'm not gonna no that's an excuse no? all right if well that's that's some valuable advice sean like let them know like how can they stack a full bitcoin if you're like a 22 year old if you have still in college right like this is what, the time what can to, they do this is the time to do it if you have conviction you got like go out and bust your balls and try to go get another job and get some extra income and like just do what you got. Like this is what people were doing in 2018. This is what I was doing in 2019. You know, when Bitcoin was sitting like at 10,000, basically the whole time, and I'm like, dude, this thing's going through the roof. And 2019, 2020, right? This is what I'm still doing. So I think, like, how do you? You got to think about okay, if I if I work hard now then it'll pay off in the future. That's what low time preference is. But if you're just like, no, I'm just gonna live my life normal. I know that there's a, this best money that's ever existed. It's getting monetized, but I don't really care. Well, then that's the reward that you get, right? But if you, if you push hard, you try hard, you try to think outside the box, you're creative, maybe you create your own business, you do something, you take a risk, like, and obviously this is all on you, whoever's listening, this is what you got to figure out in your own life. I can't tell you, we can't tell you what to do, but I'm just saying this is not the time to just sit back and relax and chill. Like maybe when it was at, when, it, when we're sitting at the all time highs, 
when you're sitting in a bear market, this is when you got to accumulate. Like, this is the time to do it right now. What are you waiting for? Yeah. Like, and then a lot of people, time. a lot of people will say, um, well, that's why I don't go into Bitcoin anymore because I missed that. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to take my 500 bucks or a thousand bucks. and I'm going to put it in, um, shitcoin xyz because that one can still pump a thousand percent yeah well they're well they're wrong and then, because you're, they're trying to hit a lottery they're, and you're not going to hit a lottery ticket doing that which what, what you got to think about is get good at your job get a promotion make more money save that store that money up put it into bitcoin get better at your job again get a promotion store that money up, put it in Bitcoin, go broke again, keep getting better, keep getting more money, store it up, put it into Bitcoin again, go broke again, just like repeat that cycle. And obviously, if you're 65 years old, or however old Tina is, you're not going to live like that, because you've already done all that stuff for 40 years, probably, you know, yeah. so I get it, I get it. But if you're in your 20s, and you're single or maybe you're married you don't have any kids or maybe you do have kids and you're just like look this is my shot this is my chance like then then get get the conviction you need like that's this that is essentially how you make money in anything whether whether before bitcoin or now that we have bitcoin like you needed to do that thing where you work hard at your job you make you get a promotion you get more money whatever you're doing then you find some vehicle to put your money into that's going to do better than the dollar because the dollar constantly inflates. And then you just repeat that cycle. You go broke again. So then that gets you hungry to work hard again. And then you go out and you do the same thing over and over again. So, I mean, that's to me, like this, this is the time to really push hard and try to make things work. And maybe you, maybe you don't do it. Maybe you fail at it, but at least you tried to do it. Right. Like the worst thing you could do is sit back and and be scared and have anxiety and be like, well, this is just really hard to do. And I'm just not sure I'm ready for that. But if you're like, look, this is what I want to do. I'm going to go after it and let the chips fall where they may. Well, at least you tried. You know, that's that's the whole point of life. Like you just try out here trying to make memories. One day we're all going to die. So try to make things work while you can. And if you're an OG right. Bitcoiner and you already got 2000 Bitcoin, then maybe you're not doing that, you know, or you got 10 Bitcoin or 15 or 20. And you're like, look, I got, I'm good. I'm set. Then maybe you're not doing that. But if you're sitting here like, look, I just got orange build, then maybe you have, maybe you treat it a little bit differently. So it just depends. Everyone's situation is different. Yeah. What I, what I really like about Bitcoin is that, um, you know, if you don't have any now, or say we were for like we had this tragic boat accident and we lost all our Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. I would a hundred percent come right back to Bitcoin because, all right, fundamentally, which is underpinning this is that I truly believe that Bitcoin is never gonna go away again. I mean, even if like demand falls so far, there's always going to be people that yeah. are still going to run a node and going to try to mine the next block, etc. So it's going to keep going. So that 21 million is going to stay there. There's only going to be 21 million coins ever. Way less than that if you, you know, consider all the lost coins and, and, and stuff like that. So 
that is so contradictory to our current financial system where the money supply is just ever expanding and ever expanding you know like the the 700 billion dollar bill that was si signed this year if you put that uh, you know against like the 800 billion rescue package back in 2008 you know during the like the lehman crisis you know they got bailed out with 800 billion so the numbers just like get bigger and bigger every 10 years like the yes. total money supply you know, like what used to cost 10 cents, you know, 20 years later cost a dollar, 20 years later cost $10, you know, so 20 years from now is going to cost $100. So if you don't take that into account for your pension, then you know that whatever money you have now is just going to be worthless in the future. Yeah. And that's why people are so fiat minded in, okay, I got to spend it now and I'm not going to save because, you know, saving doesn't make sense. I just got to focus on. Yeah earning bigger money and that kind of stuff. The beautiful thing with Bitcoin is that because it just stays at that 21 million and as it's going to be around forever, you know, you know that what you're holding is always going to be that part of 21 million. And with more and more people using it and with the numbers in the real economy just growing, yeah, you're never going to get diluted. And that is something most people just cannot like imagine or picture what that means but that actually means that if you save in bitcoin now you can actually go back to that sixth wonder of seventh wonder in the world what um or the guy from omaha what's his name again <laughs> Sorry, oh. buffett yeah. always talks it's, about you know compounding and compounding interest and, yeah. and and whatnot it's just yeah whatever time you spend today and you store it in Bitcoin, yeah? So whatever you earn, you store it in Bitcoin. Whatever you earn for your time, you put it in Bitcoin. It stays in there forever, you know? You're, you have this percentage of that 21 million that nobody can take away from you. You can spend it later if you want. And that is just, yeah, a long-term play. So it's really, it's not a get rich, get rich quick scheme at all. If you're looking to make like 100x or 10x in like the next two years, you shouldn't buy Bitcoin, yeah. frankly, because it's not about getting rich quick, but it's about getting that peace of mind that, you know, like, hey, I want to store my time, which I've spent working hard. You know, I want to store it in the safest place where nobody's going to take it away from me. That's what Bitcoin really is. Yeah. And in an ever expanding fiat system, uh, it's the, the numbers are going to get crazy. And especially in this phase where even though BlackRock is now announced that they're going to, you know, offer their richest clients to get in through Coinbase. I mean, that deal has just been announced. I mean, it's obviously still needs to play out and stuff. We're still that freaking early. You know, it's like if you, if you ask around you, wherever you are, whether you're in the Netherlands or here in the Caribbean or by you in the States or, you know, in El Salvador, okay, El Salvador might be a little bit different, a little atypical, but if you ask around you, have you heard of Bitcoin? Yeah, most people have. But if you ask two more questions, like, do you know what a halving is? Yeah. Or no. do you know what a wallet is? And no, 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 they have no idea. You know, it's like, maybe maybe two percent or three percent will give you the right answers that are truly like holding bitcoin but that's how early we still are so not only are you owning like this this scarce asset which will always be that scarce through time and gets even scarcer 
um, but you're also still benefiting from what's still to come and all the adoption that still has to come. So, yeah. 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 How can you not love it? It's, it's <laughs> I, sometimes I still have to like, feel like I have to pinch myself. Yes. Like, is real? It's real. Are we really that lucky to be alive yeah. now? Like, yeah. We, I mean, we are lucky that we've been able to uh, get exposed to this. We're at a healthy age to be, to earn money and, and to put it into Bitcoin. So, but not any luck. So does, does plan B deserve the, the, the treatment he's been getting lately? Yes. 100%. 100% he deserves the treatment. He chilled a reference link that said you can earn 100 X on your Bitcoin trading with with, with his trades. He, he literally said that you can earn a hundred X on your Bitcoin over holding it. He deserves everything that he's getting right now and more. And can you elaborate a little bit because you're you're saying that's not possible or that's definitely not possible come on if you it let's just be honest let's just say someone did have that they had they had a way to trade bitcoin and they could make 100x on their bitcoin why would they give that to anybody why would you not just keep it to yourself because if you could do that you're going to make so much money and then you have a risk of, well, now if I let this out into the wild, well, then people can put a counter trade on me and then I lose my money. It's like, why would you ever risk that? It's just not, it's just not even, I mean, look at Willie Wu. He shut down his whole newsletter like six months ago because he, because he kept making bad calls and he was making like a hundred grand a month on his newsletter those that's what happens and and it's not like look i'm not even mad at these guys but like this is like you can't go out and just say oh yeah we're gonna give you a hundred x on your bitcoin over holding it the thing is the guy has like roughly two million followers right yes so it's obvious that he's monetizing his followers right now Exactly. I mean, right? all, all I mean, he's do there is, is a there is a ref link. What does a ref link means? That means sharing a URL or a website link that points to uh, an exchange. I'm not even going to mention the name. Actually, we should, you know, we should because those those exchanges deserve a lot of beating too, <laughs> because they're the ones paying all these influencers to scam more people, right? They're, the, they're actually the real bad guys because they're constantly pumping money into influencers to get more people on their trading platforms to risk and gamble away their money. That's what's going on. If you look at like a guy like Carl the Moon, I think he has like something of the most followers and in every episode, he'll be there like, you know, you'll get like 600 bucks uh, if you sign up with my, uh, with my referral link, you know? Because yeah. these guys know if you put your money with us, you're going to start trading. And how do they make their money? Every trade, whether you go short or whether you go long, they take their percentage of your trade. They, they earn either way. So the more you trade, the more they make. Yeah. And the more Carl makes. Because Carl earns not only 
I believe from um, referrals and signups, but also how much, even, even a company like Swan, right, uses this tactic. So even Swan gets people or Relay, you know, and these are Bitcoin only companies. They work with referral links too. Hey, you sign up, if you get somebody to sign up to our service, yeah, and they start buying Bitcoin, we take a fee and we'll share that fee with you if you help us sign them up. So, you know, it's smart because you let other people's work for you and get people to sign up for you, but you yeah. don't have to. So that's basically the earning models of all these exchanges and buying platforms. And with exchanges, they, they make money off every trade because every time whatever currency pair or whatever you sell or buy, you know, the exchange always takes a fee. So they're making shitloads of money, <laughs> shitloads of money. So okay, now they tell plan B, right? All right, plan B, you've got 2 million followers or nearly 2 million followers. Start shilling the hell out of this and we pay you big bucks. So plan B is making big bucks by money. shilling this reference links and getting you to put some of your hard earned cash and to get you to start trading. <laughs> Right. Now look, here's he, the thing. Here's the thing. If he's if if he's doing a reference link and it's like, look, here's Swan. You can only buy Bitcoin. Here's Strike. You can only buy Bitcoin. Here's some other company. You can only buy Bitcoin. I'm okay with that, right? But when it's like when he's trying to get you to start trading, and you're an inexperienced trader, or he's trying to get you to to get in some some platform that's probably shilling altcoins. That's just like, that's where I draw the line, right? Because. Yeah, and his model just came out, right? So he just released it like today, I believe. I, I, I read it just quickly before the show came out because I saw that he published it. And I, you know, like, <laughs> I'm definitely not going to follow his reference link and I'm definitely not going to start yeah. trading. Uh, the short story is it's actually a quite short um paper that he wrote it's like eight pages long the first four pages i believe are just like an introductory about you know like what is uh, what is data what is information what are statistics and some general statistics stuff it's really like even like way below his level yeah if <laughs> if i'm completely honest my take on it my guess and again I'm completely guessing yeah, this is all my disclaimers. You know, I don't give financial advice either and I don't have any inside information. I'm guessing of what's going on here, but it seems pretty clear Yeah, that the guy believes in his own model. He yeah. lost a lot of money when the price dropped. He quit his job. Yeah, so, and he was expecting definitely at least 100K plus before yeah. he was going to take some chips off the table. Now we're back down at 20 uh he he's like damn i gotta get some money and then you know like when things get tight and then comes this this exchange and they offer you big bucks because you've got two million followers which all props up to now he didn't and he probably could have done a lot other scams as well so is it the worst scam no it's just that he's not he's being like dishonest about it he keeps saying yeah but i just it's my favorite exchange and there's nothing wrong with yeah, but dude, own up, you know, like how much money are you making? Are you making money from every trade, from every sign up and how much? So 
isn't it, you know, like you said, like and if you have that model, do you believe in your model? No, obviously he doesn't. No. In his disclaimers in the model, he writes, nothing is guaranteed. This is not financial advice. I don't promise anything. And, you know, basically saying this model is just, it might as well just be bullshit because he's not, all, you know, like. Just be honest, and it's, right? That's, and all, it's that's all we just be honest. And even if you want to dig into the model, the model just looks back at like the, the the past three cycles and be like, okay, if you would have bought, you know, when the RSI was really high, or I mean, yeah. if you would have sold when the RSI was really high and you would have bought when the RSI was really low. I mean, come on, man. Everybody's been looking at the RSI. Simple That's math. no advanced uh, quantitative no. uh, blah blah Mere multiple. You know, and he'll be like, yeah, but I can backtest it. Yeah, but you think you're going to get wrecked if you're going to apply this for the next two you, cycles, because yeah. you're going to look different than now. And especially know? if 2 million people are all going to be waiting for the RSI to reach there to sell, yeah. people are just going to sell earlier. And your whole model that works perfectly fine if you backtest it now is just going to be completely useless looking forward. So anybody doing that, and even though he said it's only 10% that, you know, I put into gambling because that's my, uh, you know, what do you say? That's my uh, guilty pleasure. You know, be aware that that model is probably going to get broken because by now everybody, even, even if he didn't publish this paper, everybody was already looking at the RSI. So that's why I'm saying it's like completely below his level as well. You know, it's just like, okay. So he talks about, I make all these bespoke models with on-chain data. And ultimately he comes with like this shitty eight page paper that basically says, okay, you got to buy when the RSI is below uh, uh, whatever low number it is. And you got to sell when it's <laughs> high number. And this is my amazing model. Follow my trades. And, um, you know, the first four pages were just like some general statistics uh, uh, for, yeah. for kids 101 paper. Dude, like, I'm 100% sure that this exchange has told him, look, you got to come out with a new model. You're going to create like the same hype as you did with the stock to flow models. And this time, you know, we're going to get a, you know, a, a link to our exchange. And it's just like this whole package deal he... Yeah, he he signed up with with the exchange. Yeah, and if if you, you follow this, then did, did I, I feel that, sorry for you. Did you know that? Uh, so I was listening to this podcast from 2020, a couple of weeks ago with Preston Fish, and he said that he helped Trace Mayer create the Mayer multiple, which I did not know. So that's interesting. It got me thinking did, about that. Did Plan B say that he helped Trace Mayer? No, Preston Fish. Said that oh, Preston, Preston Pish. That Preston oh. Pish himself helped Trace Mayer. Him and really? Trace Mayer made the made the mayor multiple together. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I was like, that's what? new for me. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that was it's a, it's a podcast from back in 2020 that I was listening to randomly. Uh, yeah. But it got me. It has me thinking because. Corey Clipston was going to go on uh, Preston's podcast like a year ago and Corey started bashing plan B, but at that time, plan B was really tight with Preston, right? That he would come on periodically. They I were, think they're still tight. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure Preston is going to invite Bring him back on that quickly. <laughs> yeah. But it gets me wondering because they got in that spout. Remember that? And then he didn't let Corey, then they didn't, it ended up not recording the podcast. So, yeah, do you remember that? You know? uh, yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember. And, so, and also, 
I wonder if Corey will come back on. I hope I hope that they they clean up, they get together, and uh, Corey comes on the Preston's podcast. That would yeah. be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, because Preston invited Plan B on, but not Corey. And um, a shout out to Stakosaurus. He's very, he's not sparing anybody because he just posted today. He's like, yeah, don't forget that safety was been. Uh, yes. Yeah. You know, like he's he's been. Yeah. So that's I don't the, know if safety. All... Safety. I don't have safety change his position, but um, you know, like, just goes to show that we're all. Um, yeah. Everyone's been wrong. Everyone has been wrong. Exactly. Okay, so, well, interesting that, that times, man. That, I think that does it for today. <laughs> What'd you say? No, I said it's interesting times, and this is this is how yeah. bear markets like cleanse the the ecosystem. You know, they reset things. Yeah, I think this is the kind of stuff we need. You know, to for for Bitcoin to move forward again and become like something new and something different again. And, you know, uh, they say. Uh, smooth seas don't make a skilled sailor so these times when you figure out you were wrong you learn from it you move on it's just we're just getting think about like all the knowledge that we're getting to right now this is really good like this experience is really good it's going to benefit us in 2025 2028 and 2030 this experience is going to be really big for us in the years to come so it's just good that all these things are happening, that we can go through this adversity, we can leave stronger. I mean, that's what happens when Bitcoin gets attacked or anything happens. Bitcoin always ends up stronger because it, it defeats the thing that attacks it and then it moves on. So uh, I think that, that'll do it for today. Uh, yeah. just, as a reminder, we have Richard James, founder of Hard Money Film joins the meme factory podcast this thursday 7 30 p.m live do not miss that episode and remember yeah. what you see here what you hear here when you leave here don't just let it stay here please share like subscribe if you found something interesting you learned something new today share with a friend leave a comment the comments hit us are... up with a comment it's free if you made it this far hit us up with a comment yeah. hit us up with a like I, share yeah. it. you know like tweet it out you know we appreciate it send us a little really? message on twitter we love it yes. we could use some more yeah we really so. do love it and if you want to come on the show just hit us up we're on twitter yeah big sean harris plan underscore marcus let us know we'd love to have you on uh as for bitcoiners guide episode 25 that's half a year. You know who we need to get on, Sean? What, who? BTC Moon Guy. BTC Moon Guy, come on the show. We're going to get you. That's who I want on on the next show. Let's go. Let's do, Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, as for Bitcoiners <laughs> Guide, episode 25 from Plan Marcus, Big Sean. Over now. Peace. Peace.